Okay, we're back again. It's been a what? I can't see either, so it's not my fault. We're back again after a hiatus, whatever that means. And in the middle we had Pesach, today was Yom HaZikaron, Yom HaShoah, so a lot of things have happened, and they're still happening. But we're going to try to learn the parasha in spite of all of that. The name of the parasha is Kedoshi. Before we actually get to it, I'd like to remind you of a mitzvah in the Torah. A mitzvah which I suppose most of you know about, and uh, we'll do a little review. And those of you who are not so sure about it, we'll learn. So if you look at the uh, second page, page two. Hello, you see this is what happens when I go on vacation from giving the shear, the Maramakomot broke tremendously. But, you know, I suppose next week it will be back to normal. But on page two, at the bottom of the page, Paraglava Aleph Pasikyut, it says, Vaisab Moshe Otam Leimah. It was another mitzvah, right? Dvarim is a, is a book of mitzvot. Mikeit Sheva Shanim Bemoeit Nata Shemitah Bechag HaSukot. What are we talking about? The end of the seven-year cycle. That's this year. This year is Shemitah. Even though the way we count Shemitah is not the same way, they counted Shemitah in the days of Bayit Rishon and Bayit Shini, but we don't want to go into that. <coughs> so it says, Bimoei, Sheva Shanim, which apparently means the eighth year. It's like a complicated way of saying the eighth year. So we know that the beginning of the eighth year, if you're counting the Shemitah years, the beginning of the eighth year, one of the first things that happens <coughs> is Chaga Sukkot. Right? It's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Chaga Sukkot. That's the, the eighth year. So of course on that year, on that holiday, Sukkot, there's Aliyah Larega. Right? There's a, on all of the Regalim. So the Pasuk is referring to all the people who come to the place of Sheivchar. Tikra et Torah Hazot Neget Kol Yisrael Ba'oznehet. There's some sort of a mitzvah, which is at first uh, uh, quite incomprehensible. Read the entire Torah to B'nai Yisrael on Sukkot after the Shemitah year is over. That's a kind of a, a mitzvah, which we would call perhaps an event. If it was rejuvenated today, it would be done with computers and, and telephones and, and all sorts of all sorts of interesting uh, gadgets. But here we're talking about B'nai Yisrael coming to Yerushalayim to the Beit Hamikdash on Sukkot, and then somebody's going to read the Torah, and then the pasuk says, pasuk Yudbet, Hakel et Ha'am, Hakel, make them into a kahal. Make them into a tzibu. Hakel And so the mitzvah is known as the mitzvah of hakel. That's the mitzvah that we are talking about. Hakel et ha'am. Anashim v'nashim v'tav. 
וגרך אשר בשעריך, למען ישמעו, למען ילמדו, ויראו את השם אלוקיכם. It was get them all together, read the Torah to them, למען ישמעו, למען ילמדו, this is like a, a pragmatic kind of event. It's good for the people, it's good for them to hear the Torah, I mean, where they've been for the last seven years, we don't know. But this is a good idea. Everybody should hear the Torah and, and, and the, the verbs that I used. Yishme'u, which means to hear, but also to do. Laman yilmedu, which means to learn and to know even better how to do it. V'yar'u et Hashem elokechem, yir'ah. Is, one of the, is a word that describes the basic attitude that we have towards, or we should have towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'shamrula, Sodek Kol Debrei HaTorah So if we were trying to describe this mitzvah in modern yeshiva lingo, lingo we would call it chizuk. Right? This is like, you know, once every eight years, all the Jews get together, and they have a little chizuk. A chizuk about what? about the Torah, uh, keeping the Torah, listening to the Torah, learning the Torah, all of this is, all of this is chizuk. And if you have these ignorant children, who are not with it, and don't know what their obligation is, so here's an opportunity. This is what the Torah says. This is what the Torah says. And it leaves us a bit quizzical about the purpose and the point and what it is that, that is missing and how come if it's educational that once in eight years is sufficient. It seems, the whole thing seems a little odd to us. So we'll look at the Rambam. The Rambam is on the last page that I gave the Rambam is Hilchot Chagiga. Chagiga is the name of a korban. Right? Chagiga is not like what you think it is. But it's the name of a korban. Korban Chagiga. In the Hilchot Chagiga, Perek Gimel, the whole Perek, six halachot, are about Hakem. So the Rambam says it this way. Of course the Rambam incorporates all the things that are in the Gemara about this topic, and it's not strange that the Rambam is bigger than the Torah, because there's a lot of material about Hakel and Gemara and Sota. This is the Rambam. So the Rambam summarizes it all, as is his want. So the Rambam says this. Mitzvata say, that's important to the Rambam, heel to make everybody into a kahal, as I, as I said, Kol Yisrael, Hanashim, Hanashim, Vitaf, Bekol Motsei Shmita, Balotam, Regel, Vilikrot, Bozneihem, Mina Torah, Parashiyot, Shehem, Mezarzot, Otam, Bemitzvot, Mechazkot, Yidehem, Bedat HaEmet. So the Rambam emphasizes this, that this is a kind of a, there's a kind of a Chizuk enterprise. Right? Chizuk, you want to make the people frumer. It's an exercise in frumkite. You know what they have today? The Lushen Hora Convention, which I thought at first was I always get together and say Lushen Hora. But no, it's not that interesting. Everybody gets together and says, don't say Lushen Hora. Which it seems, always seemed odd to me. I mean, I think that everybody knows that they shouldn't say Lushen Hora. 
And why getting them together will stop them is still not perfectly clear to me. But okay, okay, if it works, it works. I mean, uh, someone else will have to do the sociological research. But here, the Rambam says, get everybody together, because you have to give them a little chizuk in doing mitzvot, you know, like, like the Rabbah says, who are we talking to? Talking about people who are shaky. Shaky in their faith. I mean, they work all hard for six years, and then the seventh year they relax a little, so working hard is no good for faith, and relaxing is no good for faith. So, so we've got to do something. Here's Sukkot, the eighth year, we're going to do, so we do this. So he says, Shinemah Mikeh Shanim Shnata Shemitah, and he quotes the Pasuk, okay? Halacha Bet. Kola Patum in Patum in Mitzvah Hakeh. So if you don't have to go to Aliyah Ad Regel, you also don't have to do the Mitzvah of, uh, of, uh, of Hakeh. Let's do the Gimel. E Matai Hayu Korin, Bivotzei Yom Tovah Rishon Shechaz HaSukot, so the Rambam Ri, locates the time, right? It's not just Sukkot, but it's after the first day of Sukkot. And then the Rambam tells us a few things that we didn't know. He says, Wow. This is not just NCSY. This is, this is like the ultimate Kiruv convention. Right? You can't, uh, can't be better than that. You get the Melech to do it. Ubezrat Hanashim Ayukorim. And Ezrat Hanashim was a big courtyard in the Beit HaMikdash. Vikorei Kishu Yoshev. Vim Karabu Umada Reza Mishubach. And he says that the king can sit, because he's a king after all. But if he's willing to stand, then that's even better. Right? And then, and then it goes through the parts that he reads in Tvarim, he reads these Psukim. Let's go to Dalit. Now listen to this. You think that they invented the, or these, uh, what do you call them? Audio-visual things? Uh, I say that in English. Sound and light. That's good. Yeah, you think they just invented sound and light? Listen to this. So you have the picture, the king is sitting there or standing, he's going to read to the people, all these people who need chizuk, like this is the ultimate, the ultimate Kiruv convention here. He says, he says, First of all, it's a lot of noise. I mean, they, that's the noisiest instrument that they had in those days, by far. You blew on that chatzotra. Chatzotra is a lot more annoying than a shofar. I don't know if you ever tried it, but a chatzotra, you know, it's like a, a long pipe, it makes a big noise. And throughout history, all the armies like chatzotra, all the, like the, the companies of men getting together to do something important like going out together, they love the chatzotra. Everybody heard it. And they bring this bima. This is a bima, right? Uh, a high place, right? A high place. You see it? 
You see the king sitting there on this high place and everybody is standing around and the chatzot throws the blasting so that everybody will come. The chazan, a knesset chazan is like an assistant. No tell sefer Torah, but no tell the Rosh Hakneset, Rosh Hakneset, no tell the Skan, the Skan, the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol, the Melch Boy, they're all there. Everybody, everybody who's anybody, anybody who has a uniform, anybody who's recognizable as being, oh, he's, uh, oh, he's the, he's the, that's, you know, do you see him, you know, people go to these events, I usually don't go, but they say, oh, do you see him? Yeah, that's him over there. The one wearing green, or the one wearing blue, or the one with the hat, or the one without the hat. That's what it, that's what it is. And, and so this is an indication of how important it is that we are doing what we are doing. But Melech Mekablochu or May. The Matzayi Shade, this, the Ramam is like very concerned about this, that the king can stand, the king can sit. It's his choice. Everything else is, is worked out. He makes the bracha on Talmud Torah. Right? So everybody gets an aliyah. Today, I understand that uh, the, the number, the, that the, the types of uh, people who get aliyahs has been expanded recently. But I, being a traditionalist, and since the Rambam also, uh, uh, the Rambam is only talking about men who get aliyahs. And they say the brachot, and so the king also says the brachot. The Korea parashiot, in the second column, shamarnu, etc. And then he goes through all of these, all of these, all the brachot that is, uh, that are being said. Hey, hakriyava brachot b'lashon hakodesh, shneemar, tikrat Torah azot, b'lashona, afopi sheyesham lo azot. So here there's a, 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 a problem that comes up in the Gemara and Sotah, and that's when, you know, the Torah tells you to do something, and doing it includes a text. You always have to read the text in Ivrit, or is it possible to use art scroll? That's the question in the Gemara. Right, of course, if you get an art scroll Gemara on Sotah, they say at that point, yay, you know, you can do it. But it's not clear that you could always that it's always preferable. The Mishnah says, for example, that even though it's Mutter to Davin in English, like to use the art scroll sitter, you shouldn't. And then he said, what if you don't understand what you're saying? He says, it doesn't matter. It's better to Davin, it's better to Davin in Vrit, and better yet is to learn what the words mean. That's, you know, not so hard. I mean, it's like an enterprise, but it's not so hard. We're at the Vav. And that's the end for us. Listen, Geirim. Geirim are people who don't know Hebrew. They may, they may have just joined up the Jewish people. They're sincere, they're honest, but their background, they haven't had an extensive Jewish background, right? They didn't go to a Jewish school. That don't know Hebrew very well, and they don't understand perhaps what the king is saying. So you have to prepare them. That's what lachin but to prepare their hearts. You have to prepare them for what they're going to hear. 
right? The emavir alishmoa be'emadel to to be consumed by the proper fear that you should have it. This yirab means not fear, afraid of something. Fear means standing before God. That's what yirab is. Yirab is not that I'm afraid of the dark or I don't want to go into the basement or something. That's not what yirab means in this case. Yirab means a positive reaction to standing before HaKadosh Baruch And then it says, Vigila Bira'ada. Okay, that's a Gemara in Brochus. You know, if you want to learn that Gemara, you can come to the Web Yeshiva. We're going to start learning that Gemara this coming week. I mean, join the Web Yeshiva. You don't have to come any place. Just there, you know. He says, Kiyom Shenitna Tor Pesina. So this I would say, this is really the Rambam giving us something for nothing. What do you mean? What does the Rambam mean? What does it mean that the ger, and all this ger, he has to have the feeling that people had that Har Sinai? I mean, what do they want from him? I mean, bad enough, the guy doesn't know Hebrew. He just started reading. He barely makes it through art scroll. You know, he's looking at the front of the room to see what page they're up to on that sign that keeps moving around. And he should feel like he's at Har Sinai. Why should he feel like he's at Har Sinai? Why can't he feel like he's in Yerushalayim? Why can't he feel like he's there to get the mitzvah of Hakeh? Okay. So we had a short summary. We haven't done it. A short summary. And you know, in modern times, there are people who wrote a kind of Shulchan Aref of Hakeh. Rav Rabinowitz Ta'omen, Rabinowitz Ta'omen, who was Rav Kook, Zeichat Tzadik Levrocha L'Shneihem, right? Cumulative. Rabinowitz Ta'omen was Rav Kook's father-in-law. And he came to be the Rav Rashi of Yerushalayim. He came to Yerushalayim to be the Rav Rashi of Yerushalayim and to replace Rav Shmuel Salant. Rav Shmuel Salant was in his late 90s. When the when the rabbinic Omen came to Yerushalayim, and um, and so everyone expected that that things would go in a reasonable way, but what actually happened was that Rav Shmuel Salant outlived his replacement. <laughs> but when he was here in Yerushalayim, he did function as the the Rav Rashi. I mean, he was he was certainly he worked along with. Uh, so he wrote a sefer on the Mitzvah Hakeh. Because the question was, do we have to do it today? Is it, uh, is it obligatory? Is it what's it got to do? Do you need a Melech? Do you need a Kohen? Do you need a Chazan? Do you need a Skad? Right? Those kinds of questions that people who learn Gemara ask. So in modernity, it became rejuvenated. But for us, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew what the Mitzvah of Hakeh was about. Right? Every eighth year you go to Yerushalayim and Yerushalayim the king gets up on his, his stand and he, and he reads from the Torah, mostly from the book of Zvarim, according to the Rambam, based on the Gemara. And, and it's, a, it's a chizuk enterprise. It's a chizuk enterprise. It's in order that people should feel uh, a stronger about their devotion to the Torah and to the mitzvah. Okay, now let's go back to the beginning of the sheet. The Parsha begins with these two psukim. 
You see right at the top. Okay. We're not going to do that pasuk. The second pasuk, as you know, is a very profound and insightful pasuk. Not that other psukim are not, but in this case, it's very obvious. So it says in the Torah, So you all know. We all know that the words Kedoshim you are a crux. We don't know what that means. At least, we don't have a perfectly clear notion. There's a famous machloket between the Rashi and the Rambat. Rashi says, Rashi says, Kedoshim you is the result of doing the mitzvot. In other words, what the Torah says is, if you do what you're supposed to do, and you avoid what you're supposed to avoid, the result is Kedoshim Tiyu. The Ramban disagrees, and he says that Kedoshim Tiyu is an independent directive. And so he says, beyond the mitzvot, beyond the obligations, and beyond the neg- negatives which you're supposed to avoid, we have a further obligation to be Kedoshim. And that's what the Ramban means, to make the right choices about things that are permitted. So that if uh, you have food around, and the food is all kosher, I mean, I'm not talking now about Pesach, which is an exception to all food rules, but if you have food around, You have to make a decision about gluttony. That's what the Rambam says. The Rambam. That's what the Rambam says. You have to make a decision to be a mensch and to eat like a mensch, to live like a mensch, to act like a mensch. That's what the Rambam says. So Kedoshim Tiyu is not do the mitzvahs and avoid the negatives, but Kedoshim Tiyu is a separate obligation that the Torah places upon us and that obligation is that obligation is make choices don't take things for granted that's what the Torah said so those are the words that everybody knows in the first or the second person but they're not the words that concern me here tonight the words that concern me are the words Daber el kol adat b'nei Yisrael, which begin the pasuk, speak to the entirety of the community of Yisrael. That's what it says. Now look at Rashi. You see the Rashi. Rashi says this: Melamed sheneemra parasha zo behakel. Ah, so Rashi says to us this. Those words, El Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael, are unexpected. What does the Torah usually say? Daber El B'nei Yisrael. Vamarta Alehem. Why does the Pasuk have to say, Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael? What's the, what is the Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael? So Rashi says, oh, it's Hakel. And since Rashi is Rashi, Rashi assumes that we all know what that means. 
And now we would say, having reviewed Akel a little bit, so we would say that in this parachute, there is a special obligation that might not have existed in any other parashah, with any other mitzvot. And that's the obligation of Hakel. That when the Torah says, Abel B'nei Yisrael, so it's not so much that we have to make sure everybody comes. We have to take attendance. So we have to make sure that no one is overslept and they're all there. But for this mitzvah, for this parashah, Hakel, Everybody has to be there. Moshe Rabbeinu, make sure that everybody, uh, that everybody is there. So what, what is that? What is that about? I mean, what does this parsha have that other parshiot don't have? So the answer to that question is in the Midrash. And the Midrash is at the bottom of this page. The Midrash is at the bottom of this page. Okay? Look at the Midrash. Vayikra Rabbah, Parashah Kavdal. Do you see it? The bottom of the page. Tani Rabchia. Parashah Zo, Nemra Bahakem. Mipnei. In other words, he's going to explain why this parasha, meaning the beginning of Kedoshim, is different than other parashiyot in the Torah. And why? He says, Mipnei shirov gufei Torah tluyin ba. He says, most of the Torah, like talui, uh, probably means like haremes. That if you take the psukim at the beginning of the parasha of Kedoshim, you're going to see a lot of the Torah in them. Right? There'll be a lot of the Torah in them. Rabbi Levi Amar, Mepnei Shaseret Adibrot Klulin Vitocha. How does that get you? Aseret Adibrot Aklulin Vitocha. Now he's going to prove it. Before we ask our questions, let's see the proof. Anoche Hashem Elokecha, right, uh, uh, is written in the Aseret Adibrot, Uktiv Hacha, Ani Hashem Elokecha, Lo Yelecha, that's what it says in Aseret Adibrot, right, do not create other gods, Uktiv Hacha, Velehem Asecha, Lo Tasu Lachem, Lo Tisa, right, that's Shvuat Shav, right, you shouldn't make a shvuah. Shalotisa, uktiv hacha, lotish beubishmi. Aserta debrot, sachod yom ha-shabbat, uktiv hacha, et shabdotai tishmoru. Right? You can follow the thread here. Why is it? <coughs> Why did Rav Levi, Rav Levi said, mipnei sheh? Rav Chia said Hakel, that the parishes said Bahakel, so it's a continuation. It's not two opinions. It's the same opinion. Rav Chia said that this parish should be, be said Bahakel. That's what the Pasuk means. And Rabbi Levi says, you know why? Why should this parish be said Bahakel? Because this is in fact a restatement of 
Aseret HaDibrot. And after all, how were the Aseret HaDibrot spoken to B'nai Yisrael? Bahaka. I mean, everybody was there. Everybody was waiting. Everybody was listening to the voice from heaven and to Moshe Rabbeinu repeating whatever he learned so that the original Hakel, remember the Rambam? We talked about the Ger and the Yira. Oh, you don't remember? It just happened a couple of minutes ago. The Rambam said, like at Sinai, did the Rambam say it? What did he say like at Sinai? About about the mitzvah of Hakel. That the feeling that you have to have is the feeling that you had at, at Sinai. Now we look at the beginning of the Pasha of Kedoshim. At the beginning of the Pasha of Kedoshim, we have Tanoim. And Moroim. the Tanoim. Pasha's on that Rabbah Hakel. How do you know that it's Bahakel? Because it says in the Pasuk, El Koladat B'nei Yisrael. Right? It says in the Pasuk. And then Rabbi Lehi says, you know why? Why do you have to say Bahakel? Because it's the Aseret that they wrote. But then I ask her, what do you mean it's the Aseret that they wrote? I'm not talking about the Parashanut. But what do you mean it's the Aseret that they wrote? Did we have the Aseret that they wrote already? <laughs> and we had them, we had them, we need them again. Do we need the Aseret that they wrote in the Parashah of Kedoshim? No, love is over. That they're in the Parashah of, of Kedoshim. Right? We're not going to argue with Rabbi Levy about that. About his exegesis. He finds it. He looks around. He says, Look, here's, here's uh, Diber number one. Here's Diber number two. Here's Kabeli Davicha. Here's Shemir Shabbat. He's got the whole list. He's got the whole list, but why? Everything's right. I understand everything. And then my teacher asked me these questions. I'm a short answer test. You know, 452 questions. I know the answer to those two questions. Why did say Diber Kaladat? And then I also know why it says it in this particular place. That means hakel. And hakel is something that you do when you say the Aserita Dibrot at Har Sinai. What do we have in the beginning of the parish of Kiddushin? The Aserita Dibrot. Where are the Aserita Dibrot? Okay, they're a little hidden. But it's still the right answer. It's the right answer to give on the, on the exam. But we... We would like to know what brought this up. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching the names of the book of Ayikra, right? The book of Ayikra. So you know that the book of Ayikra is a continuation of the book of Shemot. And the book of Shemot ends with the building of the Mishkan. And you know very well that the Mishkan demands separations. Right? This you can do, this you can't do, here you can go, here you can't go. The Hazar we saw it in the last, last week's passage, which was read several weeks ago. There's certain things you can't do, even in a fit of religious ecstasy, which may be the story with the children of Aaron, that they were, they were like, wanted to be firmer and firmer and firmer and closer and closer, but there's a limit. And that's what Har Sinai was. It was a limit. And here we have Kiddoshim. Here we have Kiddoshim, a kind of restatement. What do we need it for? What is it about? What is it that we are... What point is now being made? So if I turn over the page... I'm going to turn over the page. 
because I'm not sure we'll make it any other way. So let's look at Shemot Perikaf. Shemot Perikaf. You know the Perikaf, even though the, the numbers of the Prakim, we inherited from Goyim. But sometimes, sometimes you remember things by Prakim, right? You know Shemot Perikaf is the Perik of Aseret Adibrot. Right? So the end of the story of Aseret Adibrot, the beginning, right, the text of the Aseret Adibrot, there's an end. And what is the end of that story? Pasuk Tejvav. You see Shemot Perikaf Pasuk Tejvav. B'nei Yisrael, having heard what they heard, right? So Machloket, the Machloket of Chazal, about what exactly everybody heard that they hear the first Diber, Anof Hashem Lukecho, that they hear the first two, was it a confused kind of hearing? Did they know it was God, but they didn't get the content exactly until Moshe Rabbeinu told it to them? All of that is, all of that is, is a safek, right? All that is a safek. But here the Torah says, after they received it. After the whole assert that they brought us stated in the Torah. By Amrul Moshe, Daber Atai Imanu V'Nishma'a Ba'ye Daber Imanu Elokim Penamut A really difficult to understand. May Yisrael reject the experiential part of Matan Torah. They say, it's too much for us. You go, Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't want to stand there when this happens. Daber ata imanu. You speak to us. We will hear what you say. Moshe Rabbeinu can't believe this. He says, you have nothing to be afraid of. This is the point. This is why we left Mitzrayim. This is why Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov planted in us this genetic makeup that made us worthy of receiving the Torah key. Because fear, fear of God, fear of the Torah, fear of, of transgression has value, has educational value, has value in constructing Am Yisrael. So don't be afraid of the fear. The fear is good. It's good to be fearful. Seems to be the resolution. B'nai Yisrael are over there. And Moshe Rabbeinu is going to God. Hashem el Moshe el Yisrael so this is like attention. These are psukim that describe attention between what might be and what B'nai Yisrael seem to have rejected. Now if you look at Perak Yutet, look at Perak Yutet. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, this is before Matan Torah. This Perik Yutet. That Perik Kaf is the Sarat and Debrot. Perik Yutet is before. It starts with the words, B'chodesh Ashlishi. Right? The words, B'chodesh Keva, Rosh Chodesh, Sivan, Tohar Sinai. Here the Pesach says, 
ויאמר השם למשה ראית העד בעם, כן יהרסו על השם לראות ונפל ממנו רע. Go and tell B'nai Yisrael that this is a dangerous enterprise. This enterprise called Matan Torah. And they can only go as close as heaven has decreed. And if they go any closer, they're going to be severely punished. And even the Kohanim, even the priests have to be fearful. understands. They can't go further than the designated spot. So you see that from the point of view of heaven from the point of view of the heaven there had to always be a representative even though we imagine that all Am Yisrael were Har Sinai receiving the Torah but there was a clear distinction between the closeness of Moshe Rabbeinu to the event and the closeness of the Nebi Yisrael to that event and in spite of that fact the Nebi Yisrael seemed to have said in Peretat that even that closeness is overwhelming. Even that, the fear that was imposed upon us at Har Sinai, is too much for us to bear. And if we manage to stand there for that initial kind of, uh, that initial moment when HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned to us, we can't do it again. That we did, we didn't understand. How terrible, how frightening it might be. And therefore, B'nai Yisrael said, you Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not the same, I think, as when HaKadosh Bohu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you go and they'll stay back. Okay? Maybe B'nai Yisrael at that time thought, how come? How come Moshe Rabbeinu and not us? But later, when the Matan Torah of the Torah, of the content of the Torah, was going to be given to B'nai Yisrael, then B'nai Yisrael said, no, you go, Moshe We want to go in the... Not only don't we, are we willing not to pass the line that was established by heaven, but we're even going to move back. No one in heaven ever said that we can't move back and that we can't get through this in a less frightening and fearful, and fearful man. So you have a kind of a, a, a question, uh, an issue, a confusing point. Because we would imagine, because we think of it in this way, we say to ourselves, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, uh, go to Go to Eilat, and you'll get the Torah. So we will all run. We'll be there in a minute. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, 
up to this point, every Jew in the country would want to stand at that point. Would want to be the first one. Not the last one. And here the psukim seem to indicate that the reaction of Am Yisrael was the opposite. Having experienced the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at what we call Matan which isn't Matan it's just the, the experience of God's presence on Har Sinai, saying perhaps only the first of the Aserah that they brought, maybe, maybe the second as well as the first, according to Chazal. Having experienced that, B'nai Yisrael said, never again. I didn't mean that. B'nai Yisrael said, we can't do it. We can't do it. We want to go even further back from that line. That's certainly Mutter. HaKadosh Baruch said, up to here. B'nai Yisrael said, fine, we're going to stand over there. That's good enough for us. So that's for B'nai Yisrael, the fire and the lightning and the thunder and the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hearing the voice of HaKadosh was simply too much for them to bear. And they said, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're comfortable with it. You understand it. You're able to bear the fear that is imposed when confronting the <coughs> So you, Moshe Rabbeinu, you go. And we, B'nai Yisrael, await eagerly your message. When you come down from Har Sinai, you'll teach us. Teach us the Torah. So that in a way, B'nai Yisrael, by their own volition, because of how they felt, and it's perhaps possible to imagine why B'nai Yisrael expressed this weakness, this inability, to stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu at this time. But there is no doubt that they express that limit and that inability. So along comes the Torah and says to B'nai Yisrael, Dabeh says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Dabeh kol adat B'nai Yisrael. You know what B'nai Yisrael are missing? They're missing this getting together of Har Sinai, of closeness to the giving of the Torah. And since they're missing it, we have to give it to them. We have to replace what they couldn't bear when with the thought of confronting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they will be able to bear in confronting <coughs> the representative of HaKadosh Baruch who is going to bring them the Torah. So in an amazing way, Moshe Rabbeinu becomes the Shaliach of HaKadosh Baruch Not just to bring B'nai Yisrael the Torah, but here it is, I got it, at the post office in heaven. But B'nai Yisrael is also granting them the opportunity to experience Har Sinai in a friendlier manner, in an easier version. Right? Here's Moshe Rabbeinu representing the Rabbeinu Shalom. There's, there's, there's the Olmo'ed, there's the cloud of God's presence, 
the fear that HaKadosh Baruch Hu imposes upon B'nai Yisrael kind of watered down and is able, we're able to absorb it. We're able to absorb it. And then, what seems to have happened, I would say, what seems to have happened is that there was just something missing in the constitution of Am Yisrael as a nation. What they were missing was this experience of receiving the Torah directly without an intermediary coming closer and closer and having more and more fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, a fear that was palpable but sufferable, a fear that was positive and developing. B'nai Yisrael missed out on that. It was apparently something they felt at the time they could not bear and was replaced by another kind of experience. And so it may be that because of what Am Yisrael chose to do at Har Sinai, this thought was implanted in Am Yisrael. It was Am Yisrael was missing it. He was missing the confrontation. Am Yisrael was missing the Sinai that they could have had. And so HaKadosh Baruch said to the Nehemiah, once every eight years, or every eighth year, it's once every seven years, once every seven years, there's going to be another Matan And what is that Matan going to provide us with the feeling of Har Sinai. And so the Rambam says it. The Rambam says it. You know, you've got these people, they don't always understand. They don't always know what the Torah is saying. They don't know what the king is reading out loud, but they'll understand the Yira that becomes palpable at that event. That they'll understand. And it'll be just like Har Sinai. Which Har Sinai? The Har Sinai that they didn't have. The Har Sinai that they chose to miss. The Har Sinai that did not become an integral part of their experience standing before HaKadosh Baruch So that they knew HaKadosh Baruch working in history. And they knew HaKadosh Baruch wrath. And the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes the Egyptians, those who deserve to be punished. And they knew that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will fulfill his promise to Am Yisrael, through Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, that they will come to Israel. All of that they knew. But what they didn't know was, what they didn't know well enough was, that Yira itself represents the ultimate experience of standing before HaKadosh Baruch. Like, who is standing before HaKadosh Baruch? The one who feels that he's standing before HaKadosh Baruch. And like everything else, you have to learn it. You have to be able to be part of the experience. It's not a mind exercise at all. The way we learn about Yira is by watching people who we are confident 
have Yirashama. And that's how we learn about it. But B'nai Yisrael were offered, besides all this information about God's promises and God's wrath and God's punishment and God taking the Admetrayim and punishing the Egyptians, that's all of that. Which we're all learning. We learned about HaKadosh Mocha. That was Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The Ramban says at the end of the parish of both. We learned about God. But we had this opportunity. We had this opportunity to learn the, the, the extent of Yira that is necessary to stand before HaKadosh Mocha. We felt that we were not prepared. We could not accept that responsibility. And so the parish of Kedoshim begins, the Baal called Adat B'nei Yisrael. And Rashi says, based on the Medrash, Hakel. And the Medrash says, you know what the Hakel is? It's the Aseret Hadibrot, which are hidden, not so, not so well hidden, in the beginning of the parasha of Kedoshim, so that the parasha of Kedoshim is not only a list of mitzvot that B'nai Yisrael have to do, it's not only a directive, as the Ramban says, to, uh, to make choices and decisions about what's going on in the world, but the parasha of Kedoshim is a restatement of the material at Har Sinai within the context of Hakel standing at the Oel Moed, which is a Me'ein, which gives you the, the, the Me'ein of Yira Shomayim, because the cloud of God's presence is there, the Shekhinah is there, and then finally the Torah says, but it's not going to work genetically. It's not something that's just in us. That would have happened if you would have gotten there at our Sinai. But since it's not in us, we have to go once every seven years and recreate for ourselves the hakel of the parasha of Kedoshim. And the hakel of the parasha of Kedoshim is a me'ein of the hakel at Har Sinai. It's like, it's part, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of like what could have happened at Har, at Har Sinai. So that's the pasuk. The Be'ochola, not Yisrael, Kedoshim to you, have a good chance.